But when I admitted it to myself in my brain, okay, this is what I've gone through. And I started seeing a psychologist and I started seeing a counsellor. And when I started speaking about it to other people and other people were sharing their experiences with me, that's how I started to heal. And until now, when I speak up about this topic and in my head, I think other people are going to learn through this and they're going to heal as well. I feel like I'm healing too. Me knowing that I'm helping another person heal, I feel like I'm also healing too. So what, what was the first step, you know, you say, okay, I have to, I have to tell to what I have, what happened to me, you know, what, what, what's that to, you know? The, the okay, two years ago, I accepted to myself what happened, but I didn't talk about it straight away. So when I accept two years ago, I accepted what happened to me. I told my husband, I told my psychologist, um, about a year later, I told a few people in my family, but the hardest thing for me was to tell my dad. And the reason why I needed to tell my dad was, he, I wanted him to understand what I'm going through. Because he could see um, I was weird. Like my actions, like, you know, towards him or towards my, my brothers or towards any other men, sometimes my husband, it wasn't right. And then when I when I opened up to my dad, you know, one, two, three happened to me. And when he accepted it and he apologized, you know, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. You know, I wish I was there to protect you and whatever. I felt... And then from the few people that I opened up to, they started opening up too. And that's when I was like, this didn't this doesn't only happen to me because when you don't talk about it you think that oh my god does is this, this is something that only happened to me but when you start opening up and these people also say to you oh my god you know i went through the same thing whatever over two years when i started to realize fuck a lot of people are going through this and have gone through this with me and my social media a lot of people follow me And I felt like it's my duty to speak up about this because I don't want my social media just to be, oh, you know, uh, to look good and put on this fake, you know, every, like most people on social media show you, oh, look how perfect my life is. That's not going to benefit anybody in their life. So if I was able to tell a few people in my life what had happened to me and they did something about their lives and they changed, that's when I realized, okay, I need to open up and I need to talk about this for other people to, to heal as well. But I had no idea at the time that I was going to get that response. And and Kuhlman, the stories that I read, yeah. I, I stayed up like to the morning, I was crying. Every single, some stories were horrific, horrific. A lot of people are afraid if I open up and tell my family what I went through, that problems are going to happen or they're afraid of upsetting their parents and hurting their parents or, or causing problems within the family. But no, those problems within the family need to happen because how do you know that that person hasn't also done to the rest of your cousins? And the people who did open up about them being sexually abused, that predator doesn't only sexually abuse one person. 
They've gone through the whole family. They've sexually abused all the children in that family. And you see the traits within the cousins, the amount of, of cousins that you know, are drug abusers and are going through depression and going through anxiety. It, that happens for a reason. Anxiety and depression doesn't just happen oh, like that. You know, if, if you speak to a psychologist, okay, the psychologist will tell you nearly every single person who has anxiety and depression has gone through trauma in their life. And most of the time, it's trauma when they're children. And it doesn't necessarily only have to be sexual abuse. You know, it could be um, all forms of abuse. Some parents are abusive. They bash the kids. They hit the kids. They bring them down. They're verbally abusive. Some children are neglected where their parents were never there for them. All of that, what you do with your kids when they're little, that affects their, your, the, the children when they're adults. They have all these, you know, symptoms of anxiety and depression because what they've gone through as a kid. And not everybody breaks that cycle. You know, some kids go and think, oh, this is a normal thing to do. You know, I'm just going to continue on the same thing with my children. Very few men of people go through pain and change the whole life around to make sure their kids don't go through that same pain. It's, it's like to, you know, to have courage. You need to have a lot of courage. To, you know, to not be scared about the rejection. The rejection, yeah. Yeah. Because some, sometimes, like, I witnessed a few, um, a few situations where the person had told their parent. And I realized the first, the first question that the parent asked to that, to the kid, you know, to, it's no longer a kid now, the adults, it was, are you sure? Or where are the facts that this happened? Or where is the evidence? And I was like, what the fuck? What fucking evidence do you want me to... And it's like, but I understand as parents, like, it, immediately you go into... You, you, you go into denial. You don't want to... No, 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 that didn't happen. Because automatically the parent is going to feel like, fuck, I fucked up. My kids, this happened to them and, you know, I, did, I, I wasn't there or, you know, I didn't protect my kids. But sometimes it's not the parent's fault either. Parents, you know, especially I feel like back back in the days were not as educated as, as the parents now about this topic because it's such a hush-hush topic. You're not allowed to talk about it. You shouldn't talk about it. People just, people, people really live their lives thinking that this stuff doesn't happen. Can you see the difference in yourself yeah. before and after? I yeah. More, before, I felt like I was the victim. After, I felt like I was the survivor. After, I felt like I just freed myself from what happened to me. Before, you feel like that thing always overpowers you. It's like, let's say you have a person who is constantly abusing you. You know, who's stronger than you, overpowering you. And they're doing bad things to you and they're saying to you, not allowed to speak about it. If you speak about it, you know, I'm going to do one, two, three. You feel like a prisoner. Okay? You feel like you're prisoner to this person. But when that prisoner breaks free, how do they break free? They speak. They speak up, they do something, and they free themselves for that. Does that make sense? It's the exact same thing. When you go through abuse, 
even though that person can no longer be in your life, but that situation that happened to you always overpowers you because you haven't spoken about it. That thing always, it's, it's always stronger than you and you're always going to be a prisoner to that situation. You're always going to be a prisoner to that experience that you went through as a kid. When you break free from that and when you're no longer a prisoner is when you speak. And then when you speak and you see other people have also gone through what you've gone through, that's when you, you heal even more because you see other people are also healing and you do things that you need to do to heal. How were you before that line that you crossed? You, you feel like everybody could make you uh, pain? You know what I mean? Hurt you? Before that, I was like... You know, at Kuhlman, what's weird? In my job, you know, I see a lot of women. And before that, I used to be a hairdresser. And in hairdressing, you know, you're treating a client. They come to you really often and you train them for many hours. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if every person who's gone through this also has this, but me personally, I can see on a person if they've gone through something as a kid. I don't know how, but I'm able to look at someone and I just feel that connection that they've experienced pain. And I was always like, I ask a lot of questions when I deal with people. And when I was asking these questions with people and some people would open up to me and say the stories to me, even though they would open up, not all of the times I would open up. You. Yeah, I would keep quiet. I wouldn't tell them what I've gone through when it came to the sexual abuse. I wasn't strong enough yet. I was afraid of, I don't know, you think, oh my, if this person finds that out about me, like, I don't know, it was a, it was a weird feeling. You, you're afraid of the judgment, the rejection, or like, um, in case, you know, I don't know, it's just weird. But I don't know, I feel like when I fell pregnant, And when I had my son, you know, when you give birth, there's, there's depression you go through at the beginning when you give birth. There's a phase that a woman goes through and she gets depressed, okay? She's down, every woman. Some people last two weeks, some people it lasts a few days, some people it lasts years. Every story I read, it broke me. And, and my experiences of sexual abuse, like, It wasn't full molestation. It was just, you know, touching in, inappropriately. Some messages I read, like, if only being touched wrong affected my life so much. Those people who were fully molested, raped, three years old, four years old, five years old, raped. I can't imagine what they've gone through and what they are going through. Look, most of the time when, when it happens, it's not a stranger that sexually abuses the kids. It's a family member. You know, sometimes it's a dad's brother. Sometimes it's a dad. Sometimes it's the mum's brother. Sometimes it's the mum's dad. It's always a close family member. And the person feels like, I don't want to... I don't want to cause problems or, you know, I don't want, I don't want my family to hate me. I don't want to hurt them, you know. You're, you're more afraid about other people than you are yourself.
Yeah, a lot of people are afraid of, you know, if this gets out, it's shame upon the family. Do you think it's better be in silence? No, no way. Because when you don't speak out, that person is still molesting. I'd rather a fam the family break apart and they be safe and the children are safe and the molester gets dis like gets his punishment, you know, gets goes to jail or something happens to him where he's no longer around these children, then the family stay together and this molester molest all of the kids. Because most of the time it doesn't just happen to one child, it happens to a lot of other kids within the family. Do you know how many stories where people now recently said to me, I thought it was just me, but you know, they also did it to my cousins, they also did it to this and they also did it to that. And they were still doing it. Kuhlman, not one person, I swear to you, I've had over 50 people say it to me. Like after, like after when I kept getting, you know, phone calls of people saying to me, oh, you know, um, this happened and, you know, I spoke up and, you know, it even happened to my relative and it happened to that person. I was like, fuck. Fuck, like, it is an issue. It is a massive issue. Some of, I remember this one girl said to me, her principal, when she was in kindergarten, her principal. And the, the sad thing was about that particular message that I read, he is still a principal. He is still a principal. He is still in the school. Can you imagine how many kids he has molested? He molested the girl. It wasn't just touching, he full molested her. There was this one story I read, Coleman, I cried so much. I can't remember exactly how it went, but this girl went to school and she couldn't walk properly. Her mother went on a holiday and she put her um, in her friend's house and her friend's husband or boyfriend, um, he raped the girl in, in her bum. How bad he raped her, the girl went to school, she couldn't walk properly. Her teachers realized something's wrong with this girl and when they checked her, she had internal bleeding and it was so bad. Can you imagine a five-year-old girl going through that? Can you imagine, you know, going through that as a kid is hard, but her as an adult, what she's going through? In the future. In the future, that, that's when it hurts the most. When you're an adult, that's when it kills you. Preventing you from getting sick is better than curing If you can prevent a person from going through that pain, it is better than curing the person after going through that pain. You don't want the person to go through the pain to start with. Does that make sense? Yeah. With everything in life, prevention is better than cure. If you can prevent a sickness from getting sick, it's better than giving a cure to the actual sickness. Prevention with brain and cure is something I used to say to my clients when like, I consult them about their skin. Like, you know, some people will come to me um, and I can tell in the next coming years the skin is going to get worse. 
So I would say to them, preventing your skin now is better than you come back to me in a few years and there's a problem. You know, it's harder for me to treat the problem and it's easier for me to do, tell me what to do now to prevent the problem. Okay, prevention is better than the cure, but how do people become strong? By, by educating themselves, reading about it, talking about it. Getting knowledge. 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 Knowledge is key. You know, when you read on something and you educate yourself about it, you talk to other people, and you feed your mind with a lot of information on what to do and how to do it and what's going on in the world, that's how you prevent these things from happening. You be strong through knowledge. You be strong from talking to other people, listening to other people, and learning through other people's experience. You know, if you know a strong person in your life, I guarantee you, if you were to sit them down and listen to their experiences of what they've gone through in their life, most of the time they have gone through a traumatic experience and they came out of that experience stronger. Make sense? So a person goes through pain and comes out of that pain stronger. It's not up to the person to be strong. You can't control being strong. It's not an option to be strong. It's not, oh, I want to wake up today and I'm just going to be strong. It's what you've gone through in your life that makes you strong. When you've gone through hardship in your life, you have to be strong. You have no other option to be strong. And some people get intimidated by strong people. If only they knew what that person has gone through and why they are strong. If you've experienced trauma, you still need to get knowledge on how to deal with your trauma. So knowledge is key. You have to have knowledge. Some people experience trauma, but if they don't have the knowledge on how to deal with the trauma and how to heal from the trauma, they're not strong. Doesn't mean if you go through a, a trauma that you're going to come out strong. No. The amount of people that I know that have gone through traumas as children and their, their life is a complete destruction, it's not because they're strong, it's because they're weak. Let's say a person was abused as a kid and when they, don't, when they got older, they developed a drug addiction. Okay? Uh, they're taking heroin. Their whole life is destroyed because of their habits and because of the decisions they made in their life. That's not a strong person. But they went through trauma, why aren't they strong? But if that person who went through the trauma had had knowledge about what they need to do to deal with the trauma and had made the right decisions to deal with the trauma, they come out stronger. I didn't just become strong because, oh, I'm going to be strong. My mindset has a lot to do with it. In my mind, I, don't, I never see myself as a victim. I'm not a victim. In my mind, from when I was a kid until now, I've, cost, I've constantly been put down. And in a way, in, in myself, as much as painful as it is and how much it hurts me, I think it's a blessing in disguise because it's made me be a person where I will never, ever give up. I will never, ever be a victim. You know, in my head, the way I think about life, whatever life throws at me, life is happening for me, not at me. Whenever I go through a problem or an experience, I think, what can I take out of this problem or the experience that I can learn from? What was the lesson? 
Life is all about lessons. You know, being in a situation and in a trauma, that already took away from you your innocence. That took away from you your power. Don't let it keep taking that away from you even when you're an adult. And when you're an adult and you make bad decisions in your life based on what you've been through, what you went through is still affecting you and it's still overpowering you and it's still taking away from you. You haven't won. You're either a winner or you're a loser. What do you want in your life? In your mind, how do you see yourself? I don't see myself as losing. Losing is not an option for me.